Mora conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and I'm very excited to introduce Sharon Dunmall. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. And you're from the lovely state of Colorado, which I'm no longer there, but I'm, I hear you, you. Yeah, the fall colors are wonderful, like you were mentioning. Oh, earlier. they're beautiful right now. They're <laughs> just starting to fall. The leaves are starting to fall. I was golfing this morning and um, on the golf course was all these leaves and it's trying to play around all the leaves and stuff. So it's it's still beautiful. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah, I, I, I will say that I'm not going to miss the snow here in Southern California. <laughs> just oh, probably not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that actually. Um, but you have a really wonderful story. And I, I think one that a lot of women need to hear, and I'm really excited is to kind of get into the nitty gritty with, with you. And it, it's really fun and uh, such a an honor to share someone's story. So thank you again for your willingness to share a sensitive topic like someone's health Absolutely. and especially with your circumstances. So um, let's get started. And you had mentioned you'd like to start at the very beginning, which I think is a wonderful idea. Yeah, I, I think it's really important because it's a progression. And for me, my mom was the daughter of a farmer, a dairy farmer. And um, so we grew up eating you know, heavy meats and cheeses and, and lots of butter and lots of fat, bacon, all that kind of good stuff. But it never really bothered me because I was very active. I'm a hyperactive person and I was always running around doing stuff and always very thin, didn't ever have an overweight problem whatsoever. So I thought, okay, as long as I'm active, you know, I'm doing okay. And then I get into my 20s and I get married and I have um, a family. I have two um, wonderful kiddos. And um, my husband was on the road a lot. And so out of convenience for me, because I was working at the time, we would hit McDonald's, we would hit Taco Bell, we would hit all of those things. And so um, it it was just a matter of convenience. And and frankly, it, it was something I could afford to do you know, so I did that. And then um, unfortunately we divorced and I um, was single parent raising my kids on my own. I was working for the Federal Reserve Denver and very busy with that and working overtime and trying to take care of my two kiddos too. And um, we, I tried to do healthy, what I thought was healthy and it wasn't, it, it really wasn't. I mean, we were still eating out at McDonald's and Arby's and all those other things just out of convenience. So then I met my current husband in 2001 and um, we, he was in, he's a charter financial analyst and he was doing seminars all over the world. So Every other week, I was able to go with him on some of his trips. And of course, we got fed all the richest possible foods you could possibly want. I mean, they were just absolutely spectacular. 
And so once he got out of doing that, then we decided that we were going to start eating healthier, you know, leaner chicken and leaner, leaner meats and that kind of stuff. And we were still very active hiking, biking, you know, doing all those wonderful things. Um, and then come June of 2018, um, it started out in the beginning of June when um, I had gone for a hike with uh, my husband up in Breckenridge Mountains. And we usually do between seven and 12 mile hikes in a day. And I couldn't keep up with him. And it was like, usually he couldn't keep up with me. So I knew something wasn't quite right. And um, we got back down and I still wasn't feeling right. But then, you know, I just kind of poo-pooed it aside and just, yeah, whatever. I ate something wrong that morning, maybe, or whatever. And then um, we did another hike, which was a 12 mile hike. And the same thing, it was like, I just, I was out of breath. Um, I had a heaviness in my chest and I couldn't quite figure out, pinpoint what it was. Um, and then kind of the cherry on top was we did a bicycle ride with um, a group called iCycle Colorado. And they're um, blind riders. We take tandems and we ride these blind riders on the back. They're the stokers. And then um, my husband is one of the captains because he's sighted, obviously. And so we were doing a ride from Keystone, Colorado, down to Breckenridge and back, which was about a 42 mile bike ride. And during that time, there was a lot of forest fires. There was a lot of smoke in the air. And, um, you know, I kept, Chris would stop for me every once in a while and he says, are you okay? And I said, well, no, I just, I feel this heaviness on my chest and I just, I had no energy. and. He had to go on because we were, they were meeting um, other people um, up in Keystone. And here I am all by myself. Um, there was nobody else on the bike path. And I just kept thinking, what's going to happen if something happens to me? Because I just, I didn't know what was going on. So I finally did manage to make it back to Keystone. Um, Chris had gotten back there and somebody else said was coming back to, to greet me. And I was kind of at the corner of where we needed to be. And she says, are you okay? And I said, no, I said, I just need to come in and sit down. I don't know what's going on. So, um, I managed to make it through the day and the next day I called my primary care physician. No, I got that wrong. Excuse me. Um, I went into urgent care because I still had that heaviness. So I go into urgent care and they, I told them, I said, you know, I just did this big bike ride and um, was breathing in all this smoke from the fires. And, you know, that's probably what's going on with me. So they sent me home with an inhaler and said, good luck. Mm. Didn't even bother to check my heart or anything. Wow. And so um, the next day I called my primary care physician because the inhaler wasn't working at all. Um, 
I, and I was still feeling, I was sweeping my small deck and I was just totally out of breath. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So when I called my doctor, I said, I really need to come in because I think something's definitely wrong. And so they, they squeezed me in the next day. And so she did an EKG when I got there and that came back abnormal. And she says, I want to do a blood test on you, a troponin blood test, which my understanding is, is a elevated enzyme in the heart if the heart is under stress. And so um, she says, I'm gonna put a stat on this. You go about and do what you're needing to do and I will call you as soon as I get that back. So she called me back about 3.30 in the afternoon and she said, Sharon, you need to go to the ER right now. So I met up with my husband, Chris, and um, we went to the hospital. She had called ahead and the um, doctors were all standing around waiting for me, get into the room and there was like 20 people in the room. <laughs> And I'm going, oh my goodness, this is overwhelming. And so they did the same thing. They did an EKG and they did um, another blood test to see how my troponin levels were. Mm -hmm. And it was getting late enough in the night that some of the doctors, the cardiologists and stuff were heading home. So they said, what we're gonna do is we're gonna just keep you overnight just for observation and make sure that everything's okay. And in the morning, we'll do um, a stress test and we'll do a nuclear stress test and um, uh, a few other tests. And so at least I felt while I was there that I was safe so that if something did happen, I was in good hands. So the next morning they came in and did an echocardiogram and um, then they sent me down for the nuclear stress test, which I did. And then I get to go into the stress test on the treadmill. And I'm on the treadmill for about eight minutes. And I'm just like totally out of breath. I can't breathe whatsoever. And so the gal that was running the test, she said, um, why don't you get off? And she says, lay down here on the, on the table. And she says, I'll be right back. So she goes in, takes the paper from the treadmill and she goes run, literally running down the hall. And she catches a doctor and says, you need to look at this. Um, and I didn't realize that was what was going on because it was about lunchtime and I'm ready to go back up to my room and have lunch. And I asked them if I could and they said, yeah, we'll take you back up to your room, but I, we're gonna wait on the lunch. So they get me back up to my room and in the background without me knowing about it, um, uh, they had told my husband that this is a now call. We need to get her into the cath lab right now. Um, and so they're telling me that, oh, we're just gonna go to the cath lab and we're gonna just do some observation and if something needs to happen, then you know, you're right there and we'll get it done. So they take me down to the cath lab and um, they give me the happy sauce, which was fun. <laughs> but they said, you're gonna be pretty much awake through the whole thing. And so that's what I had anticipated that I would be awake. Well, before I knew it, I was knocked out completely. And um, 
when I woke up, I had um, the doctor standing over me. And he says, you're one lucky lady to be alive. Mm. He says, most people with this kind of blockage um, from your left anterior descending artery, also known as the widow maker, don't make it. Mm. And he says, you're very, very lucky. Mm. And I'd never felt better. They took me back to my room and I hadn't felt that good for a long time, a really long time. So I had all my, my, my kids surrounding me that night in the hospital and they were just gonna observe and see how I did. I got released the next day and with all these medications and I'm going, oh, this is just so overwhelming. Just, I never in my wildest dreams being active and, and going through, you know, being thin all my life. I never thought I would go through something like this. So, okay, now what? <laughs> Here I am in the hospital and I've got to change my lifestyle. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know the first place to start. You know, I've heard of all these diets and stuff and I'm I curious. just really did. Sorry, Dan. Oh, go ahead. I'm just curious because you were kind of at this crux, you know, the precipice of leaving the hospital and you're dealing with this. And did they give you any direction on what to do? Um, dietary, you know, they, cardiac rehab, anything? The American Standard Diet, not the American Standard, the American Heart Association Diet, hmm. which basically is pretty much the sad diet, the, mm -hmm. the diet we usually have, maybe leaner meats and that kind of stuff. But it doesn't take out the meat completely or the dairy. Hmm. And so um, we thought about vegetarian. Could, could we do that? What does that look like? How do we get there? So for me, the emotion of all that, of what I just went through and realizing that we have to make some major changes. Hmm. Um, my husband, Chris, started doing a lot of research. And when I went to my cardiologist for a follow-up a couple of weeks later, he says, oh, well, maybe you should try the Mediterranean diet. Well, if you think about the Mediterranean diet, that's got a lot of oil and, and meat still in it. And um, Chris had done um, some research on Esselstyn and T. Colin Campbell and all of that. So he was learning about this whole food plant-based lifestyle. And in the meantime, I'm petrified. I'm absolutely petrified to put anything in my mouth. Mm. I was like, if I put this in my mouth, is it going to hurt my heart? Um, I, I was devastated because here I came from a family where food was just you know, this, you get together and you have these wonderful meals and that kind of stuff. And, and here I felt like that was just totally being cut off. Mm. And it's not that I wasn't open to being a vegetarian, but I felt like it was really restricting who I was. And how do you get through that? Okay, so my first thought was, um, how do you take meals that 
you loved comfort foods maybe and how do you make them healthy and so we would start experimenting but what we were doing is we were doing what we call lovingly gateway drugs mm-hmm. so your vegan cheeses your beyond burgers your uh, beyond meatballs you know that type of thing mm-hmm. and those were highly highly processed and it wasn't it wasn't satisfying me at all. And um, the more we read about it and the more we got into it, now mind you, we've only been in this for four years. So there's still a lot that we're learning, but the more we get into it and find out what is actually in some of these products, they may say plant-based, but they're processed with a whole lot of other stuff and a whole lot of oil. And I knew from the research that we'd done, that oil was just something that I couldn't have. So one of the things I did too that helped me was I took the T. Collin nutritional course through eCornell and I graduated with that nutritional course. And then of course, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband um, decided that he was bored and wanted to do something. So he decided to take the professional uh, Ruby course, mm-hmm. professional chef course. Um, so he's um, gone through that. And we have learned so much about, you know, whole food, plant-based, um, and been able to make some wonderful things. And I really, truly believe that now I'm on the right path, that um, I'm you know, I did a calcium score like six months ago. It's at zero. Wow. Um, really? My cholesterol. Huh? Huh? Yeah. So um, we feel like we're on the right track. Okay. So we get through that point and then we start thinking, okay, friends and family have been fairly supportive, but not really because mm. they kind of grew up in that same era. And how do you how do you get through socially mm-hmm. at a restaurant um, with being vegetarian? Mm-hmm. Um, it took us about six months to go full vegan. So um, you know, we had before that actual transition when we finally actually made that decision we were eating stuff with cheese and stuff but I felt guilty Mm. it's like I shouldn't be eating this stuff so let's just cut it out completely and but so then we get invited out to dinner and stuff and when you go out everything is so I don't know just didn't sound good you know the hamburger steaks didn't even sound good to me Um, you can order spaghetti marinara, but you can only order spaghetti marinara so many times before you say, (laughs) I'm done, um, or being burritos, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, um, it led us to, um, what we're currently doing, which is really fun. Um, my husband, um, is now writing for Forks Over Knives. Mm -hmm and which is a whole food plant-based magazine. And the reason that that came about was a year ago, we were in Florida 
and we were trying to search out whole food plant-based restaurants. Well, in the panhandle of Florida, there isn't, we found one mm. that he wrote up, um, but there just isn't any. And on our way back, we're thinking, you know, there's got to be people like us that, you know, want to go out, want to socialize. How do they do that? How do they make that transition? Mm -hmm. um, where do they find these places? So now we go out and we travel around in our camper van and we go find, we search out these whole food plant-based um, restaurants and we interview, you know, do the restaurant menu and interview the chefs and um, come back and turn them in for forks over knives. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, no, there's, you know, there's 2 million, well, there's 5 million or so vegetarians and 2 million of those are vegan, right? Now, of course, vegan could be Oreos and Dr. Pepper, not necessarily. Oh, that's true. Based, right? <laughs> they, right. It's hard to filter it into the, this, but even a, a small issue, but there, I mean, we're talking millions of people. Certainly, um, it's certainly seeing more and more of those plant-based options on restaurant menus, especially here in Southern California, I will tell you is, and you would think I lived outside of Boulder. You would think that, goodness gracious, Colorado and its health, that you would be a plethora of plant-based options, but there really isn't. Um, no. But here there's significant amounts and healthy options too. And so I have been quite delighted at, about that. Um, you know, of course we're still cooking at home, but it's still nice to have the option when you do want to go out. And I, I feel you though. Um, but just to get back to, you know, you survived that. I feel like your exercise was really a key piece to your survival. Honestly, you probably had some nice collateral arteries feeding your heart muscle, and um, right. you were you were fortunate that you had been so quote unquote hyperactive as you describe yourself. Um, so right. tell me a little bit now about how did you know? You said you, you the first time you you felt well for a long time. What does that mean? Like, what was the before and after? Because you were, I mean, I know that the right around the time of the events that occurred. Was there even before that? Do you feel like even years before that you felt so different after you had the stint? I mean, like you opened up the blood flow to the heart. <laughs> and and that's a really great question um, because I was thinking about that even this morning and. And I know people don't like to throw out their weight, but I weighed 112 for years. I mean, mm -hmm. years and years. And I noticed when um, I met Mary Chris that my weight was, was starting to get up there. When I went into the hospital, I was actually 142 pounds. Mm. But it really, it really didn't bother me because I still kind of maintained this slim figure so um, it didn't bother me that I was not wearing extra small, but that I was maybe wearing a medium t-shirt because I still felt like I was okay. Mm -hmm. And when I left the hospital, and I don't know if this is water weight or what, but when I left the hospital, I was 130 pounds. So wow. instantly I dropped. Hmm. And then I've been able to maintain, you know, 125 for the last three years and Amazing. have just been healthy. Nice. No, that that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, the fluids are quite amazing, especially 
given your situation, yeah, it can, you can definitely see some fluids uh, drop that quickly because that is fluid changes. That's not going to happen. That's what I thought. 48 yeah. hours. That's definitely fluid related. Um, interesting. That's fascinating. So now as far as medications, have you been able to at least wean down? I don't know if you're still on medications. I'm on medications and my cardiologist told me that I mean, I was adamant about getting off of them. If I'm doing a whole food plant-based lifestyle, there's no reason for me to be on these medicines. Mm -hmm. But his philosophy was, is that because the stent was put in my left anterior descending artery, mm -hmm. that I will probably be on these meds for the rest of my life just to protect my heart. Mm -hmm. um, and I've kind of come to kind of accept mm -hmm. <laughs> if that's mm -hmm. you know yeah. it's been it's been really hard because I really wanted to advocate for myself and say no I'm doing all the right things mm -hmm. and why can't I get off or at least you know be on a lower dosage which actually I'm on the lowest dosage of all my meds that I can possibly be on now so that good. that's good yeah um so well, you know, and I think it's really important that you're, you're, you are realistic and accepting of that because I'm, I always tell patients there, you know, we are all about deprescribing as much as possible, but this is, there were decades where you got to this point. It's funny because you'll have patients go, well, um, I have heart failure and heart disease and diabetes and oh, I'm plant-based and I want to stop all my meds. I'm like, well, no, that's not quite how it works out. <laughs> so right. You gotta, you gotta be very understanding for the person that you are today, we're going to make you as healthy as possible. If that can be without medications, phenomenal. If not, that's okay too, right? Right. We're just right. increasing your lifespan and making you as healthy as we can at this right. point. But right. when you're 60 and have abused your body for all those years, right. you know, it, it's, it is, there only so much you can do. Um, mm -hmm. but the diet's phenomenal. It's just, it's an amazing medication in and of itself, but I, it I is. think that's a very wise way to approach this um, yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and I have to admit honestly it hasn't been easy no. we've had a lot of bumps in the roads especially socially I think that mm. to me is not because we're we just love to be out with people and our friends and that kind of stuff and that's the hardest part because you know you kind of get the looks like oh look at what she's having she's having a salad or whatever <laughs> And, but we've also learned that when you go into a restaurant you can actually ask the, the waiter or the waitress, hey, look, this is what we're doing. And they'll go back and they'll ask the chef, can we do this particular item with no mm -hmm. oil or with um, just all veggies or whatever? And they're usually more than happy right. to accommodate you. So right. um, we've learned ways around that too. Absolutely. And exactly. Cause I feel like there's only a handful of restaurants that you might struggle to be, you know, at and not just eat water or drink water <laughs> right, exactly. for the majority, for the majority, you can go even to a steakhouse. Honestly, they always have vegetables on the side, oh, yeah. baked potato. You can order just, you know, obviously what you put on the, the potatoes, uh, important piece, but it's just, a to me, it is a matter of just being confident and okay with that. Nobody is responsible for your health except for you. You're right. not your loved ones, not your spouse, not your kids, right. not your friends. And if they make right. comments, then 
you know, I tell my patients, there's two ways to look at this. You can either one, either say my crazy doctor has me put me, put me on this crazy diet. So I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to give it a shot. You know, there's that piece if they're just starting or sure. the other part is like, yeah, and I feel amazing. Would you like to learn more? Um, but it's really common. Even when we go out, you know, of course now my crowd is typically plant-based. So they're that's fully nice. Yes, it is. When you're, yeah. When you move out here to be a part of the company that's plant-based. Um, but it's a, uh, it's funny because people will, they'll just say, so, you know, what are you eating? And you're just like, oh, this is what I'm eating. And this is why. And then they go like, oh, so are you saying what I'm eating is unhealthy? That, that question always cracks me up and it happens more than once. And it's just like, no, but since you were talking about it and I am a physician, I'm happy <laughs> to give you a grade of your healthiness of your food choices. Let's talk about That's it. You right. know, so yeah. it's really funny though, um, what people will they certainly reflect suddenly your choices for yourself is a judgment upon themselves. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you run into that, but it's just, I do all the time, all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's incredible. Yeah. So one yeah. of the questions we always get um, folks want to know is, well, why do you eat in a day? Like tell us, you know, example of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> okay. Um, in the morning we like to do, you know, oats and cream of wheat and that kind of stuff. Um, which is your standard typical stuff. Um, But we love chia parfaits. So Mm. we do like fruit parfaits with um, chia pudding. And so we we love that. Um, For lunch, usually, or let me go back to snacks because I like to make kale chips and, um, you know, fruit and that kind of stuff. And then for lunch, we usually have um, leftovers from the night before. So dinner is our big thing. Um, We, because both Chris and I love to cook and he took the chef course and all of that, we're always experimenting. We don't have the same thing twice in a year. Um, It it just, it's, we love all kinds of like Asian foods and curries and that kind of stuff and have learned how to make them whole food plant-based Mm -hmm. Um, but yet also I make my comfort foods, like I make a really healthy macaroni and cheese, you know, and, um, so dinner time is our time to just let it go in the kitchen. We make our own breads, we make our own pastas, um, we make our own sauces, you know, um, I use a lot of the ideas out of um, Jan and Anne's Esselstyn's um, cookbooks, as well as the, the China collection cookbook. Um, so we get ideas from them and Rip Esselstyn, uh, we get a lot of ideas from him and I'll take a recipe and I'll say, oh, okay, this sounds good. How can I make it to suit us? And we like hot, spicy things. So we do a lot of hot, spicy stuff. Um, and, um, which cleans us out really good. Um, (laughs) but it's, um, it's different every night, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't miss the meat anymore. Um, it's just become our way of life. And like I said, we've been doing this for four years. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of just now getting into the swing of things. And I can see down the road, that this is going to take us to bigger and better places and health wise. It just, it's hands down the best, the whole food plant-based lifestyle is just the best. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have my license plate on my car is WFPB. 
And then on our camper van, it's WFPB2. So, I mean, that's how much we're really into this. So um, it's definitely a great lifestyle and it's changed my life. And, and when I look at my numbers, it, my numbers are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of where we've come and I couldn't have done it without my wonderful husband and my supporter and my cheerleader. And um, he's just been absolutely amazing in doing all the research um, and learning all about, you know, whole food, plant-based, no oil and all the doctors and um, the wonderful support we get from them. And um, it's just been a great journey. Mm. Scary at the beginning, but we're, we're celebrating every day. Mm, absolutely. I love that. I love that you're positive and you're, you know, even though it was a struggle, it was worth it. And, you know, I really feel that's an important piece is just understanding that every day gets better with this. And the more you learn and the more, more others learn, the bigger our support will be even on social media or when we go out. It's always fun though, too, when you, when you go out to a restaurant and you tell the, the waiter, oh, I'm plant-based, like, oh, me too. And I'm like, oh, I love this. This is fantastic. Oh, we've come across that a lot. Yes. yes. We really have. In fact, we were in, um, uh, where were, we were in New Mexico and oh. we were in a restaurant and um, our waitress um, had just turned vegan and she was so excited to hear that we were whole food plant-based. And I kind of told her a little bit about my story and she was just, she was thrilled. She says, oh, it's so nice to meet somebody that's a whole food plant-based person, you know? So yes, yeah, it's absolutely. fun. That is phenomenal. And I guess my question also is sometimes people go, well, what are some of your um, pieces of advice for those who do come across someone who maybe might be a little bit more aggressive or thinking that what are you doing is wrong or I don't know if you've come into some but there can be some very significant adversarial people even in your family and friends Um, what have you found to be a successful way to handle that I haven't found one yet unfortunately you know um, they know my story Um, they've listened to me um, talk about having a whole food plant-based lifestyle and um, sorry, we've had two friends um, in the last couple of years that because of their underlying conditions passed away, mm-hmm. one of them of a major heart attack and one of them from COVID, but he had some underlying things. And so when, <clears throat> excuse me, when you have, when you have friends like that and you're, trying to gently say, you know, you really should think about um, trying this or trying that, or at least taking baby steps to start in that direction. And then realize that, you know, a couple of years later, they're not with us. Mm. Um, That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's very reminiscent of people. It's, it's, when they experience an event like themselves or they witness someone <clears throat> and they know um, what they should be doing. And it's just, it's, it's really sad that when you interact with someone and you know they should be following this type of lifestyle and they're just not willing, um, right. they'd rather die and suffer. I mean, honestly, I look back over the last 10 years that I've been eating plant-based and I've only had one patient that was absolutely 
unbelievably against it. And the reason we were having the discussion was because I was doing his pre-hospital admission physical um, for a bypass. No kidding. For an elective bypass. And obviously he was overweight and very large man just, you know, and he was on all the drugs. And I was like, you know, there's something you could do here. And he's like, no, I just need to have the surgery so I can go on about my life. And I'm like, wow, I just sit here going, and I literally said, you're going to crack your chest open. They're going to take artery or veins out of your leg, turn them inside out, bypass you, crack you, push you back together and have wires for the rest of your life or literally to put you back together. You'd really rather go through that. Um, He's like, yes. I was like, okay. I mean, because this it's his elective. This isn't something that was, you know, hospital. I'm in the middle of a heart having a heart attack. Obviously, you need to do everything you can then. But it's, I was just like, oh my heavens, this is amazing. Um, yeah. but I, don't, I don't even know what to do with those folks. There's just this, there's some people you just can't help. Um, just can't rate. Yeah. yeah. But then I've had others who were like, you know, talking to them about plant based diet for whatever reason. And I had one gentleman on there forget. <laughs> in rifle colorado and he's like he's like dr marvis i know you're gonna need to tell me this so i'm just gonna tell you i'm probably not gonna do it but i'll listen to you and he sat back his arms crossed and he's like (laughs) you're rolling his eyes at me and by the time i'm done he's like you know okay i'm gonna give it a try for 30 days i'm like okay i'm awesome fantastic so guess what happens he feels so amazing loses a significant amount of weight um and then when he comes back and things are doing so much better, he's like, why isn't everyone doing this? I'm like, I don't know. Right. You tell me. You're the one that said right. you weren't going to do it until you listened to me. He goes, I want to just shout from the rooftops. I'm like, amen. Yeah. Go do that. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but it was really funny how you'll see these people because almost everyone who has such a significant improvement become evangelical um, mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, yeah. But it's hard not to share. It really is. Um, but if doctors don't share and they know about this, I feel it's malpractice personally. Yeah, right. But, yeah. Amazing. So for those who, you know, are, you know, on the the brink of saying, do I want to do this? Or listening to you like, yeah, sounds so hard. What advice would you give for someone just starting out? Like, what are some of the harder lessons you learned through trial and error that you can maybe advise someone to avoid or anything you'd like to say? I know a few friends that, you know, are trying to kind of get there, but they're doing like what we did with the gateway drugs. (laughs) And um, to me, I know that's not great, but it's a step in the right direction. They're not, they're not consuming real meat. Um, And what I found for myself was eventually we got away from all that because it just didn't taste good. Mm. And so if you can start there and work your way, try and figure out your favorite recipes, how can you make them whole food plant-based? Um, and if, if you can't figure that out, go get some cookbooks, go Google it. Cause I Google a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and figure out different ingredients. Um, one of the other things that we love to do is we love to go to Asian markets. Mm-hmm. And so we'll go to an Asian market where there's just this plethora of produce and we'll pick up something and go, 
what's this? <laughs> and we'll Google it. And we'll say, okay, well, maybe we can make something out of this. Mm-hmm. And we'll go home and we'll try it. Nine times out of 10, we really like it. Mm. So it's just a matter of uh, just getting out there and finding stuff that maybe you don't know about and just experiment. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a, a lifestyle of eating hamburger and you know that kind of stuff and turning it into plants. How do you go from that to that, you know? Um, but the Asian markets are, are fantastic. And when you go out, we found that we like to use the app Happy Cow. Um, that's also when you're out socially um, has helped us. We got it when we were in Japan and we found great restaurants in Japan that were whole food plant-based that we could go to. So it's around the world. You can use it anywhere. And uh I guess that would probably pretty much be my best advice. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, Happy Cow was one of my first ones. I actually interviewed the founder on my podcast. It was really cool. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, and you know, like you said, when we first started a plant-based diet, I bought, the only thing that was available <laughs> was the Boca crumbles. So I, I use those <laughs> things like in everything. Um, right. And, you know, until I started understanding, now I can't, honestly can't even remember the last time I bought any type of, other than on Thanksgiving, we do buy a tofurkey. I will say yeah, we, we buy do the too. tofurkey because the family's ever, and it's pretty tasty and we're good to go. Um, but everything else is there. But like today, for example, I made my own barbecue sauce. Um, mm-hmm. It took like, I don't know, 10 minutes max. And what I'd done is created um, a, I guess this was probably three or four days ago at this point and just used a, it as a whole head of cauliflower. It's got mushrooms in it and we've got beans and some oats just for binding, tons of spices. I think I had a little bit of amino um uh aminos uh in it and what else did i have in there that was the majority and so it made this kind of a meaty consistency and you use it in the food processor and Uh what we've done is like my husband's made like we made veggie burgers one night out of it we've made the the balls out of it the today and i put those and i made some mashed potatoes so i'm not missing anything that um I had growing up because honestly we didn't we didn't eat a lot of meat growing up just because it was expensive but um uh-huh. but yeah you can do there's so much and especially now oh my goodness you yeah. google anything how to make yeah. a plant-based anything this is my this right. is what I found is usually as you go google let's say it's a mac and cheese right plant-based mac and cheese no oil whatever you like and then what I do is google just gives you this plethora of huge list and I go for the five-star ratings the most and honestly I haven't been disappointed yet right right <laughs> and right. it's been really fun because then you're discovering new chefs and online resources sure. um and yet yeah it, it, it honestly I think it's fun and nobody's going to fail in the kitchen who's great no. at you right don't yeah, be afraid exactly. to if your family gives you a grief which so my kids were teenagers when we did this um, I allowed them to give me grief because honestly, it pushed me to be better. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I think you're exactly right. You have to not be afraid and, you know, go and be adventurous in the kitchen. And right. if you don't like to cook, just cook simple things and mix them around, you know, make right. a bowl one time, wrap one time. There's and mm-hmm. sauces. Sauces are so key. Yes. Oh, man. We use a lot of sauces. Yeah. And at uh, holiday times, my husband makes a, a seitan wellington. Oh, and it's fantastic. Oh it's my so goodness. good. 
you know, should send me that recipe. <laughs> it's one of the Ruby, one of the Ruby uh, um, recipes. So I'll have oh, them send wow. it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I'm always looking for um, better and yummier recipes and tricks. I would have never, honestly, um, barbecue sauce because there's this loaded with sugar and other sugar. things. Um, so I never even had thought about until about maybe three or four years ago to start making my own. And now I'm just experimenting with different ones that I find come across. And it's actually really fun because they have a it lot of fun. different flavors. Um, mm-hmm. There's a sweet, there's a tangy, there's a smoky. Um, and that's just in the realm of barbecue sauces. That's not even right. the rest of it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about food literally all day. Uh, so. We could too. We do a lot of hummus. We do a lot hummus. of hummus and oh, that kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love hummus. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. As uh, the plant-based uh, dietitian says, you know, hummus should be its own food group. So um, it's just, it's a lot of fun to just know that those foods are out there. And like you said, even before we went plant-based for, for kids, what we would do is we would go shopping together because honestly, I felt like this was a great time for bonding with family and kids and you're right after school or whatever, is we would always look for fruits and vegetables that we didn't know. Because honestly, I thought it was fun to experiment. And so we've always had that curiosity about food and trying. And so I then I raised kids that weren't picky. So, you know, I think what that yeah. advice for you is a great one because you just use the app, the the natural desire of, you know, learning something and the curiosity factor really right. should be your superpower because you're yeah. getting a dopamine hit with learning. People right. love to learn. So yeah. Um, yeah, totally get it. I think that's fantastic. And we did that with uh, our grandkids. We took them up to oh. Breckenridge this summer and we gave each one of them a list and um, they both had produce on their list and then some other things. And um, it, I went with my granddaughter, Lily, and my husband went with um, my grandson, Gage. And if they didn't know where something was or couldn't find it, they had to go and talk to one of the clerks to see if where this was or what it was. And it was such a great learning experience for them. And when they come to Nana's house, they always love cooking with us because we're always cooking really good things. And they actually like it because they're taking part in, you know, the preparation and they have an ownership in it and they love it. They love coming to Nana's house. Oh my gosh. How old are they? I love this uh lily lily is uh 11 and gage is eight and then i have jace who is three oh my goodness those are fabulous ages that is amazing yeah i can't wait for the next phase i put orders into all the children but nobody's (laughs) produced one for me yet so (laughs) there is nothing better this is what i've been told i feel like i'm missing out on a really joyful part of life but it's not up to me so I will adopt some grandchildren somewhere. There you go. (laughs) Um, But no, this has been a really fun and very um, enlightening conversation because I really think it, you know, speaks volumes of if you fear that or concerned that something is not right and you're being told, oh, here's your inhaler, you know, go seek another opinion. Don't wait, you know. Right. Right. Because, and listen to your body. Yeah. I mean, I, and I was, I was trying to listen to it, but I wasn't sure what it was telling me Right. because I right. hadn't felt these things before. So my advice is, is really, really, really listen to your body. If you yeah. in your gut know that something's wrong, go get it checked out and, and don't stop. If you don't get the answers, don't stop, Right. go to somebody else. 
Right. A hundred percent. And you know, that fatigue issue is really key. You don't have to have chest pain or even chest pressure to have heart disease. Um, one of my patients that really comes to mind when you were speaking about that, he, um, the only difference we know, we lived in rifles. So that was about 5,200 feet, somewhere close to, you know, Denver area, as far as elevation. Right. So it wasn't like uh-huh. he had a change in altitude, like you went to Breck. I mean, Breckenridge is quite a significant change. There. Um, but this one, he was just like, you know, I've mowed my lawn for years, but this year he goes this last weekend when he came in to, to make his appointment is like, I was just really wiped out. And I'm like, well, that's not good. So this is what we're going to do. And we did exactly, you know, there's a stress test and all that. And sure enough, he ended up having a significant blockage and had, um, really good success with, you know, he'd had a stint and placement and, but it was just, it really speaks volumes to someone in if your doctor's not listening and they brush you off and, you know, go, like I said, seek another opinion. Don't be afraid to do that. Cause like right. I said, the majority of your medical professionals will note mm, this could be heart, but if they say, oh yeah, that's just your lungs and they're not listening to your heart and lungs, they're not doing mm-hmm. any testing. They're not doing an x-ray or something, especially for someone who is so active, please, please, please go seek a second opinion. Um, right. And uh, so it's, it's unfortunate that I'm just so thankful that you were able to see your doc and she was very proactive. So that's yes. good. That's Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you again for sharing your story. And thank you. Um, this is really good. And um, I hope it helps a lot of people. I hope so too. I really do. Thank you so much, Dr. Lurie. Thanks for watching. And I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe and alert buttons so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content we're working so hard to provide you. We upload a new episode of Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus every Friday. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start and sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, we got you covered there too. Because at Mora, we actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives free of metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website at mora.com. And thanks again for watching.